This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the San Francisco Chronicles It's All Political podcast. My name is Tal Copen. I'm the Chronicles Washington correspondent and senior political reporter. I'm filling in for your regular host, Joe Garofoli, who's taking a well-deserved vacation. Uh, and on today's episode, I'm bringing you the Congressional Wine Caucus. Yes, there is such a thing. I actually sat down with the co-chairs of the Congressional Wine Caucus, local Bay Area Congressman Mike Thompson, and the newly inducted co-chair, the first from outside of California, Washington Congressman Dan Newhouse. And we sat down for a lively conversation about the politics of wine, uh, the policies that the caucus tracks and weighs in on. And of course, we had some fun and talked about, you know, things like the the congressman's favorite grapes and uh, most revered bottles that they've owned. So stick around after the break and you'll hear all of that conversation with Congressman Thompson and Newhouse. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome to the It's All Political podcast. I'm sitting here in the U.S. Capitol with Congressman Mike Thompson of St. Helena and Congressman Dan Newhouse of Washington, who are uh, the returning and newly inducted co-chairs of the Congressional Wine Caucus. Welcome. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So I think the first and most obvious question for almost anyone listening is, what is the Congressional Wine Caucus? <laughs> Well, I founded the Congressional Wine Caucus when I was first elected. Uh, the co-chairs were myself and George Rudanovich, uh, a fellow Californian. George, at the time, grew grapes and made wine. Uh, I grew grapes. And the idea was to form a caucus so we could provide education uh, between our wine communities and the U.S. Capitol was an opportunity to get the word up to Washington from what's happening on the ground and an opportunity to get the word from Washington back down to those who were doing the work on the ground. It's an incredible, incredibly important community. There's a lot of jobs, there are a lot of tax dollars, and there's a lot of economic activity generated by the wine community. And we needed to ensure that everybody knew the challenges we were facing and all the good work we were doing. And, and Congressman Newhouse, you're a, a bit more of a recent arrival. Is this your third or fourth term? I'm in my third term. Third term. Yeah, so and I've been here about four, four years and four months. Yeah. And um, did you join the Wine Caucus right away, or was it something you came to a little bit later on? Well, as you, as you can appreciate, when you come to Washington, D.C., you're inundated with all of the different caucuses that, uh, that are here. There's, there's 
I don't know how many are there, Mike. There's dozens. Of Ninety million. So, so, <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, it took me a while to figure out all of the different opportunities available to me. So, so, so after a bit of time, and you know, being in the wine industry myself, I was naturally naturally attracted to the wine caucus. And it's everything that Mr. Thompson just said it is. It's, it's an opportunity for uh, the industry to have a platform to tell its story and for us here as members of Congress to be able to hear firsthand uh, the, some of the challenges and the needs of the, of, of the industry so that they can be successful. And. Uh we have a couple firsts, right? So this is the first time we have a co-chair from outside California in Congressman yeah, Newhouse. Yeah, I'm happy to be there. And it's the first time both co-chairs actually grow grapes themselves. Uh -huh. Is that right? Well, George and I both oh, okay. grow grapes. So yeah. it's the first time in a while that you've got right. two. So, so what kind of insight do you feel like you can bring to the table, not just representing growers, but being growers yourselves? Well, let me give you uh, an example of something that we did early on uh, that I think kind of sums it up. And it'll give your listeners an idea of what sort of perspective we can bring to Congress and how we can help uh, with our, uh, our, our districts and our communities of interest. Um, a while back, there was an, a, a vector in, in California, the glassy wing sharpshooter. Which is an insect. It's an insect. Right. And uh, this insect would uh, basically bite a grapevine leaf and the vine would die. This was very, very serious. Um, first started showing up in Temecula down in the San Diego area. Literally wiped out acre after acre after acre. They had to pull these vines out. Uh, the, the vines weren't the host to this, to this insect. Uh, it was nearby citrus groves and ornamental uh, horticulture. The glassy wing sharpshooter didn't bother the citrus and didn't bother the ornamentals, only the grapes. So it took uh, the wine caucus coming together and bringing all the parties together to make sure everybody understood the impact. As you can imagine, uh, the ornamentals didn't want to jump in and, and yeah. deal with this. It wasn't bothering them. Citrus didn't want to jump in. It wasn't bothering them. Uh, but it was devastating to our state and our national economy. So we were able to bring all the parties together and figure out some solutions so we could go after this glassy wing sharpshooter. And I think that's probably a textbook perfect example of how any caucus can help work through problems to find solutions. Yeah, because I think when I first heard that there was a wine caucus, I kind of just pictured, you know, a, a 5 p.m. crew sitting in, you know, smoking jackets with wine and cheese. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a lovely caucus to well, join. But Well, the truth is, uh, after about my second or third term, I had a colleague come up to me and say, you know, you've really taken this wine caucus to a different place. He said, but you should know there was a wine caucus before you got here. He said, I started it, and what we'd do is every month or so, we would uh, get four or five bottles of wine, and we'd uh, get four or five colleagues, and we'd drink them and talk about the wine. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, there's, there's always been that opportunity to enjoy a good glass of wine and to talk about it. But as I said, we, we did move it to a different level. Yeah. Uh, we, we made it uh, a, a group of like-minded members of Congress who understand the value 
of the wine community. Every state produces wine today. So you have wine made in 50 states. Now, granted, some of it's a little better than others. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that Dan sure, would agree with that. that <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but every member of Congress represents some part of the overall wine universe. Uh, they either represent uh, grape growers, uh, producers, uh, retailers, and every member of Congress represents wine consumers. And, and Congressman Newhouse, I was actually going to ask, you know, being the first co-chair not from California, I think most of our listeners are probably very familiar with, with California wine country, but, but Washington has it's a pretty strong wine production itself, doesn't it? It, it really does. And we're, we're very proud of the, our wine industry in the state of Washington. We're actually the number two wine producer in the country behind California. Uh, we are a growing industry. It's, it's been around the state of Washington for almost 100 years, but certainly over the last two or three decades has really blossomed into uh, the exciting dynamic industry that we have today. We have almost 1,000 wineries, over 350 growers. Uh, it's become a big business and a growing business. Uh, and, and we think, uh, and not, you know, we have a friendly, friendly rivalry between <laughs> the, the two states, obviously, but we think the quality of Washington wine is second to none. I mean, we really do a good job of uh, producing fine quality wines at a very tremendous value. And, and you know, Mike's talking about some of the specific things that um, the Wine Caucus has been able to help with. The wine industry, it's a business. It absolutely is a, a, an important business in this country. Uh, wine grape growers, wineries face a lot of the same uh, challenges that other businesses face, whether it's trade, uh, tax issues, uh, labor issues, certainly in our part of the world, water issues, all of those things that other agricultural products uh, face, we do too in the wine industry. So it's important to get that message across. And you're on the agriculture committee up here, right? I was. Oh, you were, okay. Was, yeah. So you have that experience as well of, you know, just sort of writ large agriculture policy, uh, you know, I think when people think of farmers, they don't, wine doesn't necessarily come to mind, but certainly in, in California and Washington and several states, it's a huge part of the, the agriculture industry. It absolutely is. Sure. And, and it, it should be one of the first things that comes to mind because uh, you can't make good wine without good grapes. So it takes the farmer to grow good grapes to make the, the, the good wine. And there's not a meal that anyone consumes across the United States of America that doesn't go better with wine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I actually reached out to our, our wine critic at the Chronicle, Esther Mobley, uh, and asked her sort of what are some of the issues that she's tracking. And one of the ones she mentioned that I thought was really interesting given both of your states is the, the growing legalization of cannabis, where both California and Washington uh, now have legalized cannabis. And my understanding is that there's, there's an increasing competition for land, for labor. Is that something you guys are hearing from your constituents that they're sort of paying attention to and concerned about? Well, we have, um, people, you know, look no further than Constellation, uh, uh yeah. which is one of the largest, uh, wine producing, uh, families in the country. Uh, and they've made big investments in, uh, the cannabis industry. Uh, there's, all the same agricultural uh, hurdles and challenges uh, are, are faced by anybody growing anything in either one of our states. And when, you're, when, you, when you introduce a new uh, uh, product or a new uh, 
uh, a, a new agricultural uh, product, uh, there's going to be competition. There's competition for an already uh, tough workforce. We, we have a tough time uh, getting workers. And uh, we, Dan and I both know the challenges we face with water. Um, and all of this comes into play. What are some of the other issues that you're hearing from your constituents, from your fellow growers right now that they're really, really paying attention to in terms of policy? Well, certainly, uh, I, I don't think a day goes by that I don't have agric agricultural producers uh, come in and talk to me about the challenges that they face in the world of trade. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it, and in the wine industry particularly, it's a it's a very very competitive market. And, you know, there's a wine produced by a lot of countries around the world, good wine, and for us to be able to compete for that shelf space in other countries, we need to have uh, trade policies that allow us to compete fairly. And, and that's right now, as you know, there's some issues uh, with some of the, the packs that we have with our, our trade agreements that we have with other countries that are being worked on that impact that directly. And so that's causing a lot of anxiety right now in the industry overall. Uh, trade, clearly a big one. Uh, the tariffs uh, mm -hmm. are something that's very troubling and, and, and a real challenge. I have a lot of constituents, small growers and small producers who were hit hard with the tax bill. Uh, there was just no discussion of, um, there was no discussion of anything in the tax bill, but there were provisions uh, that really hurt uh, small uh, wineries. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's a, an issue for a lot of my folks. And then um, the uh, whole labor issue and immigration, which sure. we really need to do immigration reform. Absolutely. That's something that we can agree on wholeheartedly in a bipartisan effort. I think we'll get it done. Yeah. And I think most caucus, not most, I shouldn't say that. Some of the caucuses up on Capitol Hill are bipartisan, like this one. Congressman Thompson is a Democrat. Congressman Newhouse is a Republican. You know, when you do have a new administration, obviously, you know, you mentioned the trade stuff. Some of the policies that this president has particularly pursued have created some of these trade issues. You know, you hear even Chuck Grassley, you know, a ruby red Republican from Iowa over on the other side of the Capitol, very concerned about the impact on the farmers in his state. Do you find that, you know, regardless of administration, there's a way to bring the issues of wine to the forefront or can it be challenging at times to get sort of bipartisan interest in the issue? I'm curious. Well, I, I would submit from my time here, everything's challenging. Um, <laughs> it's hard. Legislating is hard if you do it and, and, and do it right. Um, I've found that on the issues of wine, uh, we've had remarkable bipartisan uh, participation and support. And, and I see that only growing. I think Dan is an excellent addition to the caucus uh, and to the leadership of the caucus. I think it's... Uh, I think it's long past time uh, to include more states than California. This is uh, something that I fought for years ago, and there was uh, there was a reluctance to do that. But um, we've done it now, and I think it's really going to pay off. And you can watch how we work, and you'll see that, that, that we will work in a bipartisan way, and it will be good not only for the institution of representative government, but for the people we, rep we represent. Yeah, I was speaking with, um, you know, one of the government affairs people from the Wine Institute uh, last night. There was an event to introduce Congressman Newhouse and sort of, you know, 
reintroduce the Wine Caucus to members of Congress. And uh, I was sort of asking him this question as well from a lobbying perspective. And he said that, you know, Missouri has a huge, you know, wine industry. Ohio has a huge wine industry. And not to mention the fact that, you know, the Distillers Council, which, you know, is, is craft spirits in this country, they will often partner with the Beer Institute or the Wine Institute, you know, and, and certainly Kentucky. When you talk about tariffs other countries, they're punishing American wine, but they're also punishing American whiskey. And so I thought that was interesting that there there really are more constituencies than you might think up here that are sort of interested in the same issues. And I think no matter uh, who's in the White House, whoever uh, is in the exec- executive branch, this this platform that we have, the Wine Caucus in, in the U.S. Congress, can serve as, as that place where we can really get the message out on a bipartisan basis to educate not only members of the legislative branch, but the executive branch as well. So so enough policy. <laughs> Let's have a little fun. So what kind of grapes do you do you each grow uh, in on your in your vineyards? Well, I'm the I'm the little guy in this conversation. I, <laughs> I, I grow uh, Sauvignon Blanc, only only one variety. Uh, I grow 20 acres. I've got a 30 acre ranch and I grow uh, 20 acres of Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, I grow olives and I grow organic oat hay. <laughs> and then um, Dan could take my uh, ranch and my vineyard and put it over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what region do you grow your grapes in? I grow mine in Lake County. Okay. And what about you, Congressman Newhouse? Well, our farm is just a, it's not a huge farm. We have about 750 acres. Uh, a lot of that is devoted to hops. We're also in the, the, the beer industry involved in that. But we've got about, uh, I think, 60 acres of wine grapes as well. I live on Snipes Mountain, which is one of the Appalachians in Washington State. Um, but we also raise some tree fruit and we've had Concord grapes for as long as I can remember. Cherries. Cherries, uh, we, uh, uh, pears we're planting this year. We've had apples and nectarines. I've raised a lot of hay too. And oat hay, as a matter of fact, as well in, in oh. past years. So, And that's that's the vote bell, which that's is... That's the vote bell. <laughs> but before we get too far yeah. uh, out of here, I, Dan raises a good issue. He's talked about growing hops. Yeah. Uh, I've found that it, it takes a lot of beer to make good wine. <laughs> <laughs> they go hand in hand. Huh? <laughs> that's, that's sort of like crop rotation, right? Sort of the same idea. <laughs> a lot of the same consumers for both products. Yeah. What about uh, what about to drink? What do you, what's your favorite to drink? Favorite wine to drink? Oh gosh, you know I I love the um, I can't. Re- a tribute to one person who says, I, my favorite wine is the, the one I am holding in my hand <laughs> right now. And so there's, there's so many different good ones. Uh, I, I, a lot of times will prefer a red wine over a white, mm-hmm. but, uh, there's so many good ones. And the great thing is, uh, with, with all the different wineries, not only in the state of Washington, but all over the country, you can try a lot of different ones and find some really good ones from unexpected places. Yeah. I was, uh, I was recently, for personal, you know, enjoyment in the Sonoma area myself. And, you know, there's a, there's a vineyard out there that specializes in the Italian varieties Mm -hmm. that they found a little slice of the area where they can actually grow a a nice range of, of Italian wines. And, and it was so interesting, you know, the way that you can, you know, California, and I imagine Washington too, you've got a lot of different climates and and regions that you can kind of learn from wine production production all over the world and find a place that it might work in, in that area, you know, and, and 
Congressman Thompson, I asked you this. You you say you're not a wine collector. You're a wine drinker. But are there any bottles that either of you have acquired over time that, you know, were particularly special to you? I think occasion means a lot. Um, I, I'm I'm deathly allergic to bad wine. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I like to, I, I enjoy wine with food. Um, the time of the year, the place, what you're eating. Uh, the, as Dan said, there's so many great wines. And um, it, sparkling wine, rosés have made a huge comeback, uh, different reds, different whites. Who you're drinking them with and, and what you're eating when you're drinking and where you are it, it's all part of it it's all part of the total wine experience and, and the fact that wine truly is a farm to table experience mm -hmm. and as i said there, there's wine being made in all 50 states and one there's one common denominator in in those 50 state wine production and that's every in every instance it's a farmer in absolutely loving what he or she are doing, working with the land to grow a great grape that can be turned into a great wine. And that's all really exciting. Mm -hmm. What about what about you, Congressman Newhouse? Any particular wines that have stood out to you in your in your time? Well, you asked about a, a, a particular bottle. Yeah. I, I, I kind of inherited a, a 1967 St. Michelle. Mm. Uh, it's a red wine. Uh, that's a long time ago. One of the biggest wineries in the country, mm -hmm. biggest winery in the state of Washington that mm -hmm. I, my father had, and I've, I've, I've got it in, in my collection. But like, like uh, Mike says, it depends on the occasion. Certainly we have different bottles of wine for when our kids were born, on anniversaries, different things like that, that make, make events special mm -hmm. and that are, can be passed on to, to, to members of your family or friends. What so, about the St. Michelle? Are you saving it for anything in particular? I'm not sure uh, I'm, how, well, it's been almost 50 years. Yeah. Right? I, it, it may just stay on the shelf. <laughs> you, know, you know what we should do, Dan? Yeah. Um, we should, you should pick two of your Republican colleagues, uh, buddies, and I'll pick two of my Democratic colleague buddies, and we'll each bring a couple of wines from our district, and we'll go, I live on the hill, we'll go over to my house, we'll, we'll, have, we'll cook a meal, and we'll enjoy it. That's, that's, that sounds like a plan. Well, Nancy Pelosi told me when I was doing a, another story on Congressman Thompson that, that his dinners are legendary, they're, they're generally bipartisan, and you always know that the meal will be home-cooked and the wine will be California. She was, she was just at my house last night for one. There was a group of members, and, uh, and we enjoyed a pretty incredible meal and some fantastic wine. So there's going to be a change to that. Yeah. The next time they'll I have be, dinner at Mike's house, there'll be Washington State wine. There you go. There you go. So there and you, I'm not a stranger to Washington State wine. <laughs> a number of uh, Congresses passed. Uh, I led a delegation out to Washington State, and uh, we, we visited four or five different wine regions. Uh, we uh, visited six or eight different wineries, and it was a real, and I had people from the California Wine Institute with us on the trip, and it was, uh, it was the making, it was the beginning of a great relationship between our states, and uh, that in conjunction with a real uh, a hard push to bring the major wine states uh, into the wine caucus, we grew our numbers from uh, 
what was a handful of people when we started to about 300 uh, members. And, and, and that's the oh, challenge wow. we have now. I think we're down with the retirements and, and people leaving, we're down to about 170 something. And uh, Dan, we should really work yeah, uh, to get yeah. those numbers back up over 200. So I was gonna mention, Mike, just, and I don't think I've ever told you that when I was first elected, I was touring some of uh, the wineries in my district. And interestingly, one of the winemakers comes up to me and said, do you know Mike Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> More popular in my district. Than you. <laughs> well, we'll have to go back up there and check it yeah, out. That's right. Well, well, there you go. Whether it's around your dining room table, a restaurant, or here in Congress, wine just brings people together, I guess, is, is the moral I'll, of the story. I'll second that. Yeah. Cheers. I'll say cheers. So, Congressman Mike Thompson, Congressman Dan Newhouse, thank you both for joining us on the It's All Political podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Well, there you have it. That was our conversation about the Congressional Wine Caucus. We appreciate you listening. And of course, if you would like to uh, reach out to us, I'm Tall Copen. You can find me at Tall Copen on Twitter or tall.copen at sfchronicle.com. And as much as we appreciate your listening and your readership, we hope you also subscribe to our podcast and to our newspaper and online editions. You can find us at sfchronicle.com. Thanks very much for tuning in. It's All Political is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Garofoli, J-O-E-G-A-R-O-F-O-L-I, or you can email me at jgarofoli at sfchronicle.com. Support It's All Political and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.